Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Michelle LeClaire, author of Perfectly Clear, Escaping Scientology and Fighting for the Woman I Love. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I was so intrigued when I heard about your book. I'd actually seen it across, uh, I think it was People Magazine, and... Tell me about uh, how you decided to put your story in print. Well, it was a difficult decision for sure. Um, I think it was just that so many horrible things were happening to me once I decided to leave the church, and especially because I chose love over the church. And I, I just couldn't believe that things were disappearing within my company. I was being followed, uh. and all of a sudden this false narrative was being preached about me and my business that was not true. And eventually one of my attorneys over the course of you know, the three years that I was fighting this said to me, Michelle, you have got to document every bit of this, yes. and you have to make the public aware. Right. This is scary. It sounds like a movie, a bad movie. Yes. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was a scary one to live, I can tell you that. Unbelievable. Now, did you confide in the church, uh, you know, as far as homosexuality and how you were feeling, or is it something you kept private? No, I did. At, at 19, uh, when I first got involved in the Church of Scientology, it was something that I was confused about. And mm-hmm. because the church is talking to you, Um, and taking you in session and asking you things that you want to quote-unquote handle in your life. Mm -hmm. It was something that I brought up for me really just as confusion, not something that I was embarrassed or trying to hide. But I quickly learned that the Church of Scientology's stance on homosexuality is not a good one, and what L. Ron Hubbard writes in Dianetics and Science of Survival and many other books is that uh, gay people should be disposed of. And I obviously did not want to fall in that category. No, no. I mean, I would imagine you'd be scared as well. I was scared because I was so confused within myself, and the thought of having to live a heterosexual life was... It was a scary thought. It was a confusing thought. It, there was a side of me that, that died inside, mm-hmm. and I kept thinking, maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe just something's wrong with me hormonally, and maybe the church can fix me. And, you know, the Church of Scientology is no different than gay conversion therapy. They find a way to change your sexuality. Unbelievable. At what point did you realize, you know what, there's no changing me? Well, the moment I fell in love. <laughs> um, that's, that, that was for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. the one, you know, to, to, to have that feeling consume me and my life was mm-hmm. something that I was not willing to walk away from. That's beautiful. So how did you meet? Do you mind sharing? Well, one of my clients, um, so I had a, a very large uh, insurance agency, and one of my clients was Shaka Khan. Oh. <laughs> and, um, and so Shaka was working on an album for a new artist um, with a woman that she wanted me to meet, purely on a business um, standpoint. But uh, that friendship, you know, within about a year, turned into a full-fledged uh, love. 
Wow, that's beautiful. Now, during this moment, this relationship, were you um, the president of Scientology's humanitarian organization, Youth for Human, Human Rights? I mean, when was that? I was. So in 2004, um, I was asked by the Church of Scientology to help head up an organization that promoted the Universal Declaration of Human Rights to children. And I thought it would be great. And I had this big, grandiose idea that I would be somewhere in Africa saving children's lives Mm -hmm. and getting them out of children armies and things like that, building schools. But that was far from what it was about. It was purely about promoting youth for human rights, speaking at the U.N., um, speaking at the women's legislature, places like that, and looking like we are promoting the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, yet... After every single event, I had to turn over everyone I met, everybody's contact information to the human rights director of the Church of Scientology so that they could contact those people and safe point Scientology. Really interesting. So basically it was a front for them to get access to these people. 100%. Yeah. Mm. How many years were you president of that group? From 2004 to 2000 and somewhere around nine. Mm-hmm. Now, the, you talk... And you, go ahead. I'm just going to say, you know, that's, that, is, that is another thing that is so scary about the church, is that there's a lot of front groups out there that all siphon back into the church. So Youth for Human Rights, Applied Scholastics, which is a study technology group, CCHR, um, Citizens Com- Commission on Human Rights, which is all about anti-psychiatry. So I think the public has to be really careful sometimes because the church tries to morph themselves into other organizations or put other organizations in front of them in order to get their foot in the door somewhere. i got to back up a second. Anti-psychiatry? There's actually a group for that? Oh, my gosh. That is the Church of Scientology's biggest nemesis. You know, it is, they think that psychiatry is the most evil thing uh, on the planet. And Elrond Hubbard talks about it left, right, and center. Their entire goal is to stop all mental health. Can you imagine (gasps) what that would do to this, to the United States? That's wacko. Let alone the world. Yeah, Yeah, that's just nuts. I mean, you got to wonder, like, who, what group of people decided that one? That's crazy. I think a psychotic one called L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boom. Um, so what is this whole auditing thing? That sounds crazy. So L. Ron Hubbard believed that there are two sides to the mind, and one side is the reactive side, which records painful emotion and experiences, and that it stops you from being present in life. Well, what you will find with Scientology is there is a lot of rip-offs from other religions or Buddhism or even psychiatry, right? right. And so there's a, there's a little tiny piece of truth in there, but then they take it and they wrap it with that Elrin Howard created this thing that's kind of like a lie detector, okay. and you hold these cans in your hand. They are connected with electrodes to what's called uh, an electric meter, and it registers thought. And so you hold these cans, and an auditor says to you, okay, tell me a time where you experience pain. 
and you start to talk about something, but what the auditor does and where this becomes so psychotic is you may be thinking of a traumatic incident that happened in your life, and it's an area you want to talk about. Okay. But that auditor will direct you somewhere else, and they will make sure that they are directing you in a direction that you start feeling horrible. Oh, maybe a child was molested. Maybe you were raped. Maybe you were hurt or harmed. And what they do is they start to say, okay, well, you, tell, you can tell us about that incident, but I want you to tell me a time you did that to someone else. Well, I didn't do that to anybody else. No, no, no. I see something here. Go back further. And you start, you start being brainwashed into believing that every bad thing that has ever happened in your life is your fault? has been caused by you <gasps> and is your fault. Uh. Even, even people who have gotten cancer mm-hmm. or parents that have given birth to autistic children or children with disabilities, those parents are made to believe that they either created that or that the child pulled that in from a previous lifetime. This is really beyond my comprehension. I, it's just so sick. Yeah. That's why it's important to yeah. expose it. Yeah. I'm, I was going to say, how do you feel now that this is in print? I mean, I would imagine, first of all, I can't believe your family, you were being stalked, weren't you? Yes. And I mean, you know, things calmed down for a while until the book came out. So <laughs> when I was doing the press tour in New York last week, uh, Scientologists were all over the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were at Megyn Kelly and Sirius Radio and all the different places that we were going. And, um, you know, there are fake websites put up everywhere about me and full of lies. But, you know, look, I think the public knows that this is a group that is built on lies, so they're only going to promote lies. Right. Why won't the church let you walk away? If you're, if you're leaving, if I'm choosing love and I decide I don't want to be a Scientologist anymore, mm-hmm. why destroy me? Right. They must want to try and destroy me because I must have something to say that they don't want known. Yeah, that's my feeling. I mean, you would think they would let you walk away peacefully and, you know, just let you live your life as you deserve to do so. Right. You know? So have you, people asked you what your goal is in sharing the story? They have. And, you know, I think for me, I... I just felt that if I could stop one person from walking in to that cult, if my story could expose something, my story is a little different than some of the other ones that have been out there. If there's something in my story that could cause the church to be further investigated, if there is one person inside the church that walks into a Target and sees the People magazine and goes, oh my God, Mm -hmm. Michelle did get out, (laughs) you know, It's worth it to me. It's worth it to me to also let people know that you may not have had the experience of the Church of Scientology. Maybe you left an abusive marriage. Maybe you went through a bad situation. Maybe you left a different kind of church that was um, not Mm pro-gay. It is a beautiful life out here. And if you choose love... Your life can be absolutely wonderful and free 
And if you have to rebuild, you can rebuild again. But surround yourself with people who love you and support you and don't ever get caught up in a world that tells you how to think or act or what friends that you can have. Yes. That's what I hope this does. And I would believe that you'd instill that in your kids. Absolutely. I'm sure you do because, you know, that was probably a scary time for them as well. Well, luckily, the three little ones have have never even been near a Scientologist or the church. I left my marriage when I was pregnant with twins. Um, The little girl I adopted was only a year old, and um, the three little ones have really only been raised by my partner and I for the most part. You know, my older son um, had a little tiny brush of Scientology as he was little, but he's extremely supportive of me. So I think that they see the strength. They know that uh, if they ever walked into the Church of Scientology, their mother would you know, become unglued, <laughs> you know, or the Scientologist ever got near them. But yeah. what I've tried to teach my children is that what must come first in your life and what the definition of success is in our world today is not how much money you're making, not the great PR that you think you have to have. The definition of success is how hard do you love? How kind are you? How much do you give back to the world, and how accepting are you of others? Don't take up room on this planet. Make a difference on this planet. And, um, you know, when you walk in a grocery store and somebody's having a bad day, Mm -hmm. take time to talk to them. We don't know what people are going through. And um, I just try to instill as much kindness and love in them as I can. They're pretty amazing. (laughs) That's great. Well, I know we have to wrap. So people, where can people find out more about you, Michelle? So Perfectly Clear is um, being sold pretty much everywhere, thank goodness. But Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, you know, Penguin Random House, uh, you can go to the website. And I just thank everybody for the support. And I thank you for allowing me to have a voice again. You know, it's been my pleasure having you on the show, and uh, I'm just glad you worked out and you were available, and I just wish you all the love in the world. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. That was Michelle LeClaire calling in to talk about her book, Perfectly Clear, How She Escaped Scientology. If you want to find out more about Michelle, all her info is up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kfci.org, and with an hour or so after I wrap... I will have our conversation on the show blog. Again, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. We'll take a little break, and then I have Adrian Finkel calling in to talk about My Naked Truth Project, which is a really interesting project she's done, and now it's a book. I want to just mention we are on Twitter at KUCI-FM and Instagram at KUCI-FM. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.